Hello, Calvary Cast listeners. Episode 96 with the most epic Christmassy music I've ever heard in my life. I just can't help but giggle when I hear that like, saxophone roaring in. Is that an actual, that is a Christmas song, right? I don't know. I think so. It's, I mean, I get it for free. Royalty free. Well, that's what I, I was wondering about the royalty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't yeah. owe anybody royalties on it, but I thought it was pretty epic. Fits with our it epic it's introductions. Great. It's Christmassy because this is yeah. a Christmas podcast. We are in the week of Christmas, and I am Captain Christmas Graham, and you're Santa Claus, Jess. Or what does my grandson call Santa? Tinka or something? Tinka? Yeah, he's a long ways away from Santa. He's it's got it's not even. There's not even an S in it. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you need to have a conversation with the kid. Yeah. Uh, okay, want to hear a funny story about Santa? Actually, yes. Our kids were at the mall yesterday. Uh, Cabela's has Santa or whatever, and uh, so they went and got their picture with Santa. We're not like big Santa people. We're not anti-Santa either. Our kids will ruin for all the other kids that Santa's not real. If you were listening, you didn't know Santa's not real. He's not real. Sorry. Anyway, so they got their picture with taking with Santa. Cohen is pretty enamored. Uh, Silas, afterwards, is like, he was kind of a skinny Santa. I think I like the fat Santa better. <laughs> <laughs> so, so skinny Santa, no go. Yeah, so was Santa at Cabela's or out mm-hmm. in the main part of the mall? At Cabela's, I think. It Was there one in the main part of the mall and Cabela's has their own? I do not know. Huh. Do you take, does he like, is he like, Healed? Does he has like like a gun around his waist and like <laughs> the kids each get to hold he's, a shotgun? He's in camouflage, <laughs> <laughs> sitting in his boat. He's the manly <laughs> Cabela's. Santa. He's the Santa that hunts his reindeer when they pre- fail to perform. That's right. <laughs> oh man, that Rudolph. Yeah, the true story of Santa and Rudolph was that Rudolph was going to get shot because Santa's like this is a worthless reindeer with his red nose, and then. In inventive Rudolph saved his own hide. I have never heard that. It's true. Not many people know the true story of Rudolph because hmm. it's kind of violent. The fact right. that Santa kills his reindeer when they fail to perform. You know what? That could be like a, a Christmas horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> we could just do it. This podcast is off to a great start. Off to a great uh, start. Uh, big news in the world of the Calvary cast. We have an Instagram account. For all the kids out there, uh, what do they say? I don't even know what they would say. Go follow us on Instagram at our here's our name at the Calvary Cast. Uh, prize is going out. I'm gonna I'm gonna just to show how cool this is. First, we have hold on. Let me let me look here. We have five followers. Shout out to the five followers: Aiden Droid nine twenty four, H S Poyman, Tramp of the Hills, Filbert, and myself. You're not even following us. I don't have Instagram anymore. I had an account. I got rid of all that. It just drove <sighs> right. me nuts. Okay, that's probably you probably wise. Follow it though for epic memes, which will be coming out for clips of the show, entered into prizes, which we might most definitely won't be giving away. But we could give away a prize. We could give away books or something, right? We could have a book. We, or we a, could. I suppose we could do that if we right. really wanted to, like grow the thing we need books. to like we need some t-shirts t-shirts or like coffee mugs of like calvary cast and it have like 
pictures of us on it, but not real pictures. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the like cartoony pictures. Cartoony pictures. pictures. Yeah. We'd have to go, you know, like some of the amusement parks and stuff, they have the person there that will sketch mm-hmm. you out with that yeah, cartoony yeah, yeah, picture. Yeah. So for, yeah. We need bobbleheads, Calvary Cast I'm sure out of our dozens of listeners, we'd have one, maybe two people that would take a mug. I would take I don't a know. mug. I would too. Drink a mug with my, it'd be like Michael Scott drinking the world's best boss cup. Right. So. Yeah. Anyway. We can work on that. All right. Well, uh, if anybody knows how to do that, get in touch with uh, us. You know how. Uh, that is all that I have. Oh, should we talk about uh, Sunday morning? Right. So we can transition to what we're going to talk about. I don't have a transition for that. Or do you want to transition into, hold on, I got to play our segment trans- transition music here. Oh, where'd it go? Hold on. <laughs> That's it. Topic of the day. Wow, nice. Thank you. So the whole, everything we're talking about today is Christmas. The incarnation. Mm-hmm. Incarnation. <laughs> incarnation. <laughs> wow. Did you plan that or was that right now? You just that was planned a little bit. A little <laughs> bit because it fits so good. It did, yeah. Anyway, what threw, were we going to talk well, we, about? Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. We have a topic that we're going to get to in a minute. But before that, we're going to talk about Sunday morning. Yes. So, in the question is... Why are we having church on Christmas Sunday? Right. That Because we didn't last time. Seven years ago. Huh? You were not here, I though. I was not here. Was it seven or six? And we had a leap year, or is it seven? Okay, it, been, it was 2016. Yeah, so it's six years ago. Mm-hmm. And we decided to have... Christmas Eve service only with no Christmas morning service. And as we did that, after we did that, I thought, I don't think I'm ever going to do that again. Mm. It didn't, it didn't sit right with me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we decided this year, this time to have it. And, and the reason is because um, for, well, a number of reasons for one, Sunday is the Lord's Day, mm-hmm. right? And the church gathers on the Lord's Day. Yep. And it, as I thought about it and really thought about this, it seems kind of odd to celebrate the birth of Christ by canceling <laughs> a worship service of Him. That sounds. That, that seems odd, doesn't it? When you it? say it like that, it sounds really bad. Right. It's like it. As we thought, I thought about that as like, how are we going to honor the Lord on the celebration of His birth? Oh, I know. Let's cancel worship. So we can stay home and watch Lampoon's Christmas vacation. And or open presents and get envious and selfish and jealous and stuff. Yeah. And plus like so we thought about I thought about that and I was like, okay, what we'll do is no Christmas Eve service this year, mm-hmm. which I'll admit is a bummer. I, I always look forward yep. to it. It's a big tradition now for our family since we've been doing it and I it's it's just great. Good, and it's warm, mm-hmm. and it's Christmassy, and mm-hmm. it kind of, if your mind wasn't kind of in the Christmassy thing, mm-hmm. it gets in it then, right? Right. And uh, Which, after this podcast, everybody's mind is going to be in the Christmas spirit. That's right. Yeah. So that this will help. help with that. So anyway, so we thought, but no, we'll take that off because we will honor that time with family. Like, if you want to rearrange your Day. thing this, week, this year and do, like, our family is celebrating mainly Christmas on Christmas Eve because um, 
Callista has to work on Christmas Day, which is a bummer. But she's EMT firefighter, so we have to have emergency yeah, services I available. Suppose, I suppose. And, For the turkey uh, fryer that goes awry. Yeah, right, exactly. And so so we, we're doing all our stuff on Christmas Eve. And then Christmas morning... You know, if you, because I, one of the, re, one of the things we had kids in the home then, uh, you know, they were six years younger. And so two of them were still in the home and uh, when we canceled and the thought was, you know, it is nice. You have these traditions with your kids and you want to get up and have presents and all that, but you still can do that. You can still do that. Church and isn't till 10 o'clock. It's not till 10 and we will not have. You know, it's going to be a different type of service because it's Christmas. We want to do largely what we would do in the worship of a Christmas Eve service. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to do that Sunday morning because we, I think that's important too. This reading the stories, you know, maybe some Old Testament leading into the new and mm-hmm. seeing the birth of Christ and reading those and then singing these Christmas songs that are all about the gospel and then a, a shorter message, but right to the point of, you know, Christmas and the gospel itself. And then uh, the observe the Lord's table. And to me, that's, you know, that's great, but it'll be less than it'll be, it'll be about an hour long. And I, I, we were talking about this this morning. You could, you could, you could leave your house at 10 to 10. Most people have 10 minutes or less to get there. And you'd be home by 11, 10. If you have Mm -hmm. like family there or whatever. But in addition, we thought, what a great testimony to your yeah. family if you said, we're worshiping God, of course. And they're like, church on Christmas? Say, yeah, of course. It's like, we're worshiping God. And the right. day that God's son became a human being for right. our sins, of course, we're going to go and worship him. And then, you know, you do something like that, and you could invite your unbelieving relatives. Yep. Because they may come on Christmas. It, more People are more likely to come on Christmas. They are. Uh, they may come on Christmas, and then they'd hear the gospel very clearly, and they'd uh, they'd hear what Christmas is about very clearly. And um, to me, it would be a perfect service to invite family, and even if they won't come with you, and you go, what a testimony that is! They're always going to remember that. Like, no, God was the most important person in their life, and they they even left for an hour to go to church on Christmas morning even though we didn't go with them. They'll remember things like that. Yeah. I think I think the, you should do it. Yeah. I just, we just want to encourage our people to to come out Sunday morning and celebrate the birth celebrate. of Jesus Christ. Yeah. 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 Join us Sunday morning at 10. All right. We are, uh, what we're doing today, these are, we're just sharing, we've each come up with a few things. We're calling them implications, observations, and applications from the incarnation. There's not really a, pattern no we can do what it say whatever we want all right we'll you, go one at, i have three and how many I do you have four so let's go i'll start you start and then i'll do one and then we'll do this perfect okay so these are for me just short things i've been reading through luke one and two the last couple of days and um just things that stood out to me from this account the first one is and maybe i don't know this has surprised me in luke chapter one I don't know if it surprised me. I don't know. I'll share it, and then you can tell me if you're surprised. Uh, so the angel shows up to Mary, right, and greets her and says, Greetings, O favored one. 
And uh, she says she was greatly troubled in verse 29 at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And it struck me, may we all think so little of ourselves that such a great statement about us and our person would be met with skepticism, hmm. right? Because she's like, he's greetings, oh, favored one. She's like, I'm troubled by this saying. Um, so maybe, and, and then he goes on to say, uh, the Lord is with you, right? And so this recognition that you're like nothing in and of yourselves mm. and your favor is, any anything that can be attributed to you is not because of you and yourself, but because of the Lord being with you. Mm. And so uh, that's that's my first observation yeah, that's about good. the Christmas story. Like we're important, like it's hard to say this without sounding wrong, but yeah. like we are important. To God. To God. But yet I think Mary... Obviously, I think was humble mm-hmm. and thought not too highly of herself. Right. So that when an angel appears and says something, and she's like troubled by this thing, is trying to discern what kind of greeting this is. Right. Because Paul know. in Romans 12 says, do not think more highly of yourself than, than you, you ought, ought to, to think. Right? right. But think with sober judgment. Right. So not like incarnation Christmas specific, but it is because it's in this whole account. And so I found that it just struck me. Yeah, that's good. Okay, this one uh, may be a counter to that, not a counter, but a balancing <laughs> scale. And, and I was thinking about Philippians 2 and the concept of humility. And I have two things that come through this, but I'll only say one, and okay. then you do your next one. Okay. But the okay. first part is just the idea of humility, right? Where uh, Paul says, uh, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And I think you can't meditate on the Christmas narrative and the and the Christmas story and understanding the incarnation that the Son of God, who is in the form of God, who created all things, humbles himself, empties himself, and becomes a man. And then as a man lives in total humility and obscurity for 30 years and and not think about this concept of humility and what that really means and how that is supposed to, to really strike us. Hmm. And the very fact that... Um, that that was a permanent assignment. He is the man Christ Jesus mm. right now. God in man, yes, fully God, but fully human. And that's that's humility. Mm. And to learn then that he did it not for himself but for us. And um and then in that case, as you meditate on Christmas, you're thinking, I need to be humble as Christ was humble, just like Paul said, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, or I think better better understood as which was also in Christ Jesus. So have this mind among you or in you that was in Christ. This idea of humility. It's hard to be proud. Christmas time should strike down our should pride. should be humbling. Uh-huh, very humbling. Uh, it's interesting. I was, in Luke 2, I was reading this morning about Jesus in the temple you know, and his being submissive to his parents there when they go back and find him and all. And that struck me in that same way, right? Like there's a, uh, of connecting to Philippians 2 and Mm. demonstrating that. 
Uh, my second one is from Luke one again, and it was in the verses where uh, the angel is telling Mary. So starting in verse 31, what's going to happen, right? Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you should call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom. There will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? It's that question, how will this be, that kind of struck me. He goes on to explain it. Um, but the, the, you think about all those promises that are made to Mary. You're going to bear the Son of the Most High, who will rule over the house of David forever, right? Um, and yet, and she, so she hears this, like, wow, that's really cool. And then she asks, well, how is this even possible, right? I'm a virgin. And it struck me that there is a way of asking questions of the Lord that's not doubting, or is not, um, uh, is not a wrong kind of question. And the Lord answers. But then it also struck me in verse 45. So Mary goes to her cousin Elizabeth, and um, Elizabeth there makes this statement in verse 45, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So there is a way of asking a question, not doubting, but just simply asking uh and yet believing that God is going to fulfill his word, even though the details of that are kind of murky in the mind. Um, and so she believes what God has promised to do and that he will do it. And that's that. So yeah. that's my, does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. That's good. my second one. All right. Good. All right. So my next one is connected to my first one. So well, that's, that's the nice. idea of seeing the humility of um, Christ but then it, what struck me in that same part of Philippians 2, he says, um, he began in verse 3, no, verse uh, 2, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each one of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves which is hmm. also in Christ Jesus. In other words, the, what struck me, there are a number of things we could talk about about that. Yeah, like we need to be humble, and mm -hmm. what is humility? It's it's not looking down on self, maybe connecting it to the first part of what you're talking about. It's not looking down on self, but looking out more mm -hmm. for others and, and their interests and serving and helping. This is the mind of Christ. This is why he came for us. But the idea that when we ponder something like the incarnation and in Christmas time and we see what God has done in Christ and what the son of God has done in Christ for us, then it's like, um, these are not just facts to be learned mm. and to know and to believe, but actually there's God's intention is life changing for mm. us. So Paul takes this idea that the son of God becomes a man for us in humility, goes to the cross for us and he says, now you be like this. Mm. So that everything that we learn in Scripture and we see in Scripture isn't just there for facts but to be and just to be believed, but be life-changing, mm. right? And we become more like Christ. That's, mm. that's it. And it begins in, you know, thinking about Christmas time. Mm. And Paul's like, become like Christ in the way you think, in the way you interact as a church with one another, and so we learn at Christmas, we, we often emphasize at Christmas that Jesus came 
to save sinners. And he's going to do that because he's going to go to the cross. And all of that's really true, foundational. But he didn't just come to save us from our sins, but he also came to transform us into new people Hmm. who live like him in holiness. There's that aspect too. And this is where we can guard against, you know, like you think about justification and sanctification. Like you don't overemphasize justification to the exclusion of sanctification and vice versa. These go hand in hand. And uh, so meditating on these truths, these all, we look at them and they're designed to change who we are and the way we live. That like moves the story from just being quaint and cute and silent night esque to really spiritually significant. Yes. Which in like the, isn't there an element, the nostalgia of Christmas and all the, the trappings that come with it, which isn't bad. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but we can lose this spiritual component right. that we're supposed to see. That's right. Yep. Uh, my third one, I think probably my favorite portions of Luke one and two is Zachariah's prophecy and Simeon's prophecy. And so Zachariah's prophecy, right? This is John the Baptist's father. He was, you know, John was, uh, and his wife Elizabeth were told they were going to have a baby and that, and they were told that his name should be John and Zachariah for a number of reasons was mute because he didn't believe the promise that God had, had made. Anyway, uh, the baby is born and the family, uh, comes and they seize the baby and what's going to be the name? What's going to be the name? Elizabeth says, Oh, it's going to be John. And they're like, why, John? That's not his father's name. That's not a relative's name. You can't name him John. And uh, they asked Zachariah, and he asked for a pen and write, or not a pen, probably, some sort of writing utensil, <laughs> and writes out, his name shall be John. And then his mouth and is opened, and he's able to, to speak because that's what the Lord had told them to name the child. Um, so then he goes on to prophesy. And I love this prophecy of his because it connects together all the promises made to the patriarchs with the longing that was felt by the faithful in the nation of Israel. Um, you know, we think about in Advent that longing of the faithful in Israel as they're looking for the consolation of Israel, right? And I think that's what this is doing. And it recognizes what grace it is from the Lord to be delivered through the fulfillment of these promises. So the incarnation really is all about promises made and promises kept. I think, right? Um, so I'm, I'll just read this passage, and then I'll just make a couple points. And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies, and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, here he's talking about John, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Um, so just a couple of things that, that stand out to me here about promises made and promises kept, right? One, salvation comes through the house of David, right? 
Jesus is, is a descendant of David. And then he says, this is as the prophets from of old had said, right? This has been prophesied for thousands of years that it would come. And then he's saying the mercy that was promised to our fathers is now being shown to us in this way and that we have the privilege of seeing the Christ child born. And then he makes this phrase, uh, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. This is all in remembrance of the covenant God made with Abraham, going all the way back to Genesis 12, that in you the nation shall be blessed, right? Through Abraham would come this promised deliverance. And he's saying it's fulfilled, it's, it's come. He talks about uh, the promised deliverance and protection and people serving the Lord in holiness and righteousness all of their days. And I thought that that is like anticipating the kingdom, is what it's doing because you know to Abraham had been promised that you'll be given a land and then Joshua the nation of Israel is going in and their goal was to enter into rest in that promised land and of course they didn't the writer of Hebrews tells us because they they did not enter that rest through unbelief well now he's saying through Jesus this rest this people who will live uh, in this promised protection and they will serve the Lord in holiness and righteousness all their days, that comes through Jesus. So you think about what Jesus is doing in gathering together his people, they're entering into his rest, and now we serve him in holiness and righteousness all of our days. And so all these promises made have been kept and fulfilled in Jesus. So that's what came to me. Yeah, I think I always, you know, each year it seems like I try to bring that out, that like one of the applications of Christmas is that God always fulfills his promise. Mm. Yep. His promises because he fulfilled it in Christ and is still fulfilling them. Okay, that's good. Um, uh, next one, I just I kind of thought of this uh, just now. So I've actually added two to these. So this oh. will be co- closer, though. All right. If you read through the. Um, <coughs> no, I'll combine these two. If you read if you read through, let's say, Matthew one's. Um, what do you call those? The genealogy. genealogy. Okay, descend, you know, even in that, this is the, you know, Mm -hmm. son of Abraham, son of David. Here's the fulfillment of these covenant promises given to Abraham and then David of uh, the Christ, and here he is born. Um, But yeah, all those names represented, there are many more that David left out, or Mm -hmm. uh, that Matthew left out in the genealogy of of Jesus. And you think about that whole uh, tracing of that time period of the Old Testament in all of those people's lives, there's a real humanness to it all, mm-hmm. right? And um, there's a, there's a humanness in it, and then and then the Son of God becoming a man, a human being, becoming flesh, and living as a human in a very human life with parents, and uh, had he had to be taken care of, and uh, lived his just his daily existence, nothing exciting, just daily life and the necessities and the weakness of humanity. And you think about that, we, human, humanness isn't something to be escaped, Hmm. you know, and we, we were created as human beings. And I think accepting that and even embracing that, it's not something we'll ever escape. And a lot of times people think of heaven, like heaven as in we're just the souls yeah. uh, our souls go but no the end of the story is we remain human glorified mm. humanity forever and ever as we were created to be yeah with Christ mm. the our human savior and lord and god and um so that's really exciting to me and in connection to that when we're thinking about the humanness of it all the stories that genealogy represents Luke does one very similar 
except he traces all the way back to Adam. And I just, it struck me that through all those stories and all the mess and all the successes and failures of it, but it, what struck me is God is never in a hurry. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, you think about it, what was man's greatest need was for a savior to pay for their sins. And God took centuries upon centuries of humanity in that whole story mm-hmm. of that Old Testament story of uh, uh, just to show God is not in a hurry. And I think when you think about that with uh, with Christmas time, and even even in Christ's life when he was born, he lived 30 years normally as a normal person uh, where we know almost nothing about him. And uh, it, it just shows us that... Um, God's not in a hurry with these things. And I think that might teach us something, especially in such a hurried and frantic time in which we live. And even in ministry where everything is appealed to as though it's so urgent that we've got to do it right yeah. now or else, that just doesn't seem to line up to me the way, the way God does things, who is patient and uh, long-suffering. Mm. And our lives, I think, could stand to slow down some. I, I realize there's times we got to hustle and things. We got to do some things and be quick about it. But but we can live our lives uh, waiting for the Lord and being patient and not putting so much emphasis on hurry in that. Does that make sense? Yeah, because especially in this season, doesn't it feel hurried sometimes? Right, it like, can. I yeah. think the Christmas season especially can be like, hurried and busy and frantic and not patient and slow. And right, <laughs> right. All those things. I think one thing that has helped with that in our own family is uh, Amazon <laughs> or Walmart.com <laughs> yeah, or these where you up. can actually order stuff online and they yep. deliver it right to your door. It, that is true. So, I hate Christmas shopping in stores. Uh-huh. It is not. It it. See, it sounds like it's going to be fun in Christmassy, but and it's, after an hour, it's just you just realize the nightmare. depravity of mankind yeah, in a yes. whole new way. That's right. So anyway, just thinking about being human, just slowing down to think about being human, waiting on the Lord for things, being patient. I think that's a good thing. All right, my last one is from Luke two, and this is Simeon's prophecy. Again, I said these are my favorite parts. I think in the story, I'll just read these couple of verses. So this is. Just context, Jesus is being presented at the temple, and here's Simeon. He says, he was a man, righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And he holds Jesus in his arms. He blesses God and says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So if Zechariah's prophecy is all about promises made and promises kept. Simeon's is all about what the ministry of Jesus is and who it's for, right? And so he's declaring, first of all, like that, well, he, and this is actually towards the end, but there's going to be this dividing nature in Jesus's ministry. Really, some will receive him and some will not, right? Uh, and then he's declaring that Jesus is the salvation, right? My eyes have seen your salvation. This is the salvation God has promised, and he sees that in Jesus. He says that this salvation has been prepared in the presence of all people, and as I was thinking about that, what it means is it's all kinds of people will see the salvation that God has prepared from all eternity, right? This is uh, not a new plan. This is God's eternal plan. 
and it's more than and and to see it is more than just to gaze upon it, but it's to uh, behold it for themselves, right? And all people, you know, he's going to go on and say in verse 32, it's a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So it's not just for the Jews, right? It's for all kinds of people, every tribe and nation and language and tongue. Uh, He says in here, Jesus is revelation and light, right? So he is God's fullest and finalist revelation. John talks about in John chapter 1, of course, that Jesus is the light that has come into the world. It's shown in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. And then I love, of course, that, and I already mentioned this, but he is for the Gentiles. He's for every people. And then that last phrase, he says, and he is for glory to your people Israel. If you think about in the history of the nation of Israel, they had seen the glory of God in the past, right, at Sinai or descending upon the temple and, you know, the Shekinah glory and things like that. But now they see the glory of God in their midst in the fullest and finalest form in the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so in his coming, they see it more clearly than in the terror and fire and fury of what was revealed on Sinai. So that's my final observation. Okay, good. I have one more and we'll close it because I think this would be, we'd be amiss if we didn't because we've tried to focus this Advent season on missions. Yeah. Global missions. And so um, the example of what God has done in in Christ is an example of an incarnational missionary. Mm -hmm. Um, He, of course, becomes human. He lives among human beings of his time. He's part of the culture and he's, he's sharing the good news and he's, you know, there for the purpose of, of people being saved. And I think we need Christ-like incarnational missionaries Mm. that are raised up in one culture like here. Mm-hmm. And they go to another culture. They're they're sent. They go. They immerse themselves in that culture. They learn about the people. They live in many ways like the people mm-hmm. that they go to. And uh, we need to be praying that God will raise up, you know, that incarnational mi- missionaries, and that He would do it if He'd be pleased to do it, even from our congregation. Yeah. That's something that I want us to talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. So that people, especially young people in our congregation, but not just young people, as we learned from the Floyds, but that they're always, if they go here, they're always thinking, does God want me to go be a missionary somewhere? Like it's always like thought, like at least once they're going to contemplate this because we bring it up so much. Yeah. So that God would just raise up incarnational missionaries uh, in our congregation. That's very, just like Christmas, what, what God the Son has done. Cool. That is good, fitting, and final word. Well, we hope the podcast has been helpful for you today as we think about Christmas and the incarnation, God coming to earth. We love to hear from our listeners. You can reach out to us a number of ways. If you're part of our church, you can contact us via text message or phone call. You can come up and talk to us. Uh, on the interwebs, you can send us an email at thecalvarycast at gmail.com, or you can message us through Instagram. And I'll probably never see a message there, but you could do it anyway. Follow us at the Calvarycast on Instagram, and you will be very, very cool and blessed. Hashtag blessed. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. Until next time. <laughs>